Okay, Kevin, for the grand prize of $1 million, what color is the White House? Um, I know this, I know this, I know this. Um, five seconds. Oh, switching to Geico could save you a bunch of money on car insurance? Okay, judges... That's true, Kevin. They'll allow it. Congratulations. You're a winner. Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. Welcome to Conversations That Heal. This is your host, Susan Jacoby. Isolation is part of the human experience. The difference is the degree in which we choose to isolate ourselves. Isolation shows up as simple as taking a shower to major depression that has you under the bed covers for days. Being aware of when you are isolating yourself is part of your self-care routine, which plays a crucial role in your self-love. This is an opportunity for you to be honest with yourself. Remember, this is about you, no one else. The level of honesty you allow yourself to experience is a gift only you can give yourself. In a busy, stressful world, isolation is often necessary for regrouping, getting your work done, or to nurture yourself. Nurture yourself as in resting, journaling, doing something fun like going to a movie, walking, perhaps gardening, learning to play an instrument, reading a book for fun, or being adventurous and trying a recipe just for you. Some people even enjoy traveling alone or going to their favorite restaurant and eating alone. All of these examples, and I'm sure you can think of many more, are ways to use isolation as a healthy way to get to know yourself and to love yourself. It is important to recognize the difference between healthy ways to bring isolation into your everyday life and using isolation as a tool to compound your loneliness and depression. For the adult survivor of trauma, isolation adds to unhealthy patterns of self-care. It also makes self-love almost impossible to identify. This is where awareness to your isolation pattern is so important in creating a new dialogue with it. In the case of a victim of child abuse or an adult child of an alcoholic parent, or maybe even a victim of a natural disaster, isolation can be a tool to control you. For the victim of a natural disaster, isolation can become part of the outcome of the event isolated from your home, your belongings, maybe even your routine. Becoming aware of the circumstances helps you to distinguish between what you can manage and what is out of your control. For the victim of child abuse and the adult child of an alcoholic, isolation becomes part of the setup. In the case of the child abuse victim, The pedophile sets the pattern in motion for his or her scheme to work. It is the same for the child of the alcoholic parent. Secrecy is critical for the abuser and the alcoholic to maintain control over the situation. As adults, we are familiar with isolation showing up as depression. For me, I used it to hide, to keep myself isolated for fear that my post-traumatic stress disorder may become too obvious, that I would not be able to control it. 
It was safer. It was more comfortable to be isolated, despite how lonely the isolation contributed to my life, than to put myself in a vulnerable position of being triggered. For years, isolation became a controlling comfort despite the cost of its habit. The grief from being alone, left out from parties, conversations, or interactions with other people. If we do not allow ourselves to become aware of isolation, it becomes a habit that will forever control us. Before we move into the tools to break isolation, I want to share my book, How to Love Yourself, Hope After Child Abuse. It is available on Amazon in paperback and in Kindle form. The book touches on topics common to all survivors. It is important to know that as a survivor of childhood trauma, you are not alone. And it is even more important to remove the stigma and the shame surrounding childhood trauma. Visit Amazon to pick up How to Love Yourself, Hope After Child Abuse. I want to share some tools with you to help you break the habit of isolation. As you may or may not know, your brain is made up of neural pathways. The scientific description of neural pathways is that it is a pathway which connects one part of the nervous system with another through a bundle of axons or nerve fibers. I'll let you research more about it if you are curious. For me, it shows up as this. When a pattern is repeated for decades, the neural pathways become ingrained and produce predictable results, such as a truck that gets stuck in the mud. It goes back and forth. It creates deep ruts. Our old habits and defenses keep us from getting out of our ruts. The great news is that we can reprogram our neural pathways. We can form new habits and free ourselves. From those ruts. I work every day to reprogram my brain. When a thought comes to mind, I remind myself that I have choices and that I can do something different. It takes awareness to the thought, the habit, and a commitment to myself to make the decision to make another choice. The awareness to the thought, the habit, and the commitment. As a survivor of child abuse, I have taught myself to be aware of when I am practicing self-love. It is easy for me to make the choice to isolate myself. Even in creating conversations at Heal, it takes a daily awareness for me to make the choice on how I want to live my life, how much I want to share, and how committed I am to living my life as I choose. After years of being programmed by my abusers to keep myself isolated, isolation is a comfortable direction. It's my go-to, my natural first choice. I have found that engaging with other people and sharing my story, what I have learned, what I know, is far more fulfilling than living in isolation. There are times that I want to be alone. There are times I fall back into the habits I was taught As a child, through a lot of practice and discovery, I have found that purposely living in an isolated world does me more harm than good. Being engaged with the world allows me to see how normal I am. It also shows me that I am entitled to live my life my abusers tried to convince me 
that I was not worthy of. This is where boundaries come in. Do I want to go to a coffee shop to meet a friend? Sometimes I do. Sometimes I think that hiding under a blanket waiting for the day to end might be a better choice. I find that when I force myself to go out of isolation and go meet that friend, I am rewarded by being better, by feeling better, nurtured, more confident, and for me, more importantly, accepted for who I am. Making new choices creates new neural pathways. Creating new neural pathways diminishes the unhealthy ones. It reduces stress. It allows me to be aware of how little I spend arguing with myself if I am making the right choice. I know I am making the right decisions to open myself and share myself. I know that I am confident in keeping my boundaries and taking care of myself and more importantly, that I am worthy and deserving of living a life from abundance and not from a place of unhealthy isolation. So are you. Why? Because like you are a lovable and capable human being, it is a universal law that you are worthy of living your life from a place of abundance and love. Please contact me at Susan at Conversations That Heal if I can support you on your healing journey. Please leave a comment on Blog Talk or iTunes to support our listeners in search of living a life of peace and joy. Above all, remember that you are a lovable and capable human being. Thank you for listening to Conversations That Heal. Daddy, where do babies come from? Uh, well, uh... Honey? Mommy went to the store. Oh, well, you see, um... Well, there's a mommy and a daddy, right? Right. And see, when they call Geico, uh, they could save a bunch of money on car insurance. Oh, really? And that makes them happy? Yes, that makes them very happy. That's good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we could have this talk, sunshine. (laughs) Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer.